Hip-hop is a living, breathing, diasporic culture. You're listening to people trade drums across diasporas. Hip-hop is the fastest spreading language in the history of mankind. Before they get in your Peoples, welcome into Montgomery and Company. We back in this thing! All right, so listen, we're back for season three and we're getting it started off right. We have the rapper, songwriter, Ron Fez. You know what? It doesn't even feel right just saying that. We have the lyricist legend, Ron Fest, on with us. I'm going to talk to him real quick about a little bit of everything, but man unreal conversation and then of course we got the crew pulling up for the moco newsroom we're gonna talk a little bit of all-star how do we fix this thing is it broken what's happening at wba all-star we're gonna get all into it coming up next let's go Welcome back, everybody. We back up in this thing, season three, Montgomery and Co. And it's been a minute. Missed you guys. I'm happy to be back. And we're coming right off the heels of NBA All-Star. If you follow me on Twitter, I already tweeted about this, but I said, is Mercury in retrograde? Because there's little fires everywhere that I'm looking on here. People are at me and stuff. And I'm like, how did I get in this? Like, I'm not even in it. And it brings me to the idea of one agreeing to disagree first of all some people hate this like my wife doesn't even like agreeing to disagree we'll be in an argument and i'll be like i see your point let's agree to disagree she's like no i want you to understand what i'm saying i don't necessarily want to agree to disagree so i do understand that side of it and then there's people like me that it's like listen i feel the way i feel you feel the way you feel why can't we both feel the way we feel and go on about our business then there's also just the concept of comprehending and breaking down what people say sometimes like I don't think everything is a fight, you know, but I'm kind of like one of those people that you're going to have to really cuss me out for me to even take it offensive because I'm just going to take it the right way every time. Like, you know, cause I don't care enough to take it wrong, but I just see a lot of times where it's almost like people will say something and you have to be able to take it the right way. Like, even as I'm covering things, please give me grace as I'm talking about any topic. If I make a mistake or if I say something you don't agree with, please give me grace because I come in peace. I say this all the time. When I go to road games, when I'm going to the Atlanta Dream Road Games, which every game, I think I'm going to try to make it to almost every single away game this season. Obviously, I'm going to be at home. I'm at every game at home. But I think I'm going to try to make it to every single road game this season. We're already starting to plan that. And what I tell fans when I pull up and I'm sitting, hey, listen, I come in peace with passion. So I may be loud. I may be cheering. I may be passionate. But I come in peace. So all season with MoCo, if you don't know nothing else, I come in peace with passion. So whatever I'm talking about, I'm never trying to be spicy or start no stuff. I'm just saying my opinion. And the reason I say that is because sometimes it's tough. I see guys like trying to say their opinion and it might get taken wrong. And even sometimes a compliment to someone is not a diss to someone else. So if I'm ever talking about someone and I'm complimenting them, I'm telling you right now from me, you hearing it straight from my mouth. I'm probably not meaning it in any other type of way than exactly what I said it because I'm just not that. That's just not my vibes. Like my vibes is Trevor Noah style. You ain't going to out compliment me. You give me a compliment. I'm giving you a compliment right back. What you mean? 
what you mean I'm doing? I'm killing it. You're killing it. Have you just seen what you've been doing? Like, that's my vibe. My vibe is I don't even really want to hear the compliment because I'm going to start getting uncomfortable and cutting you off. And that's just, you know, that's my vibes. I just like Hakuna Matata. Side note, women's basketball popping out here. I've been saying this. This is the third season of MoCo. I've been saying this for three seasons. And I think it's kind of been falling on deaf ears because it's like, oh, yeah, you're a former Hooper. Oh, yeah, you're a team owner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Women's basketball. I know you see it when the All-Star game peaked. I know you know what time it peaked at. Told us it was going to start at 8 o'clock. J.J. Reddick said, be on time. Dame time won the All-Star MVP. He also won the three-point competition. Uh, uh, uh. Be on Dame time then. Because they said the game was going to, the shooting competition was going to start at 8. Everything started, it was 8.42? What? The, like, that's when the game started at 8.42. The game was supposed to start at 8. Let's go. Be on time. with East Coasters. This is a struggle. But I digress. Let me just get back focused. But we're coming off of NBA All-Star Weekend. And I thought it was beautiful. Hennessy did a 2v2 game. We need that right back every year. People said, you know, we could do a little bit better with the production. So I love that Hennessy took a shot and was like, let's see if this works. It worked. It's a success, Hennessy. Bring that bike. Like, would love to see that again. A WNBA two-versus-two game. So let's bring that back. And then, I mean, like, let's activate in the WNBA All-Star. I've been trying to get active at the WNBA All-Star for about three seasons now with MoCo. Maybe this is the year where we'll get active, but NBA All-Star is getting active. Hennessy. Like, get four NBA players. Let them pull up and do a little 2v2 at our uh, All-Star. I don't know. I can't call it. I'm just saying, let's get active. Let's have some parties. Like, Roy in the chat talking about some Henny. I'll take some. <laughs> Roy, okay. Send Roy some Henny. He gonna get active, all right? But I just love what's happening. Like, I feel like this has been on its way. You know, I feel like anybody that's been a part of women's basketball we kind of knew it. It was like, uh-oh, it's happening. You start to see, you know, just a little catch on here. You start to see a tweet from somebody you ain't even know watches women's sports and be like, hold up, he watching the same game I'm watching? You start to see, I mean, KD, he watches so much women's sports. Shouts to KD for real. KD really watching games, supporting. He really be, he's just a hooper. So he likes hoops. You can just tell. So shouts to KD because he's really about that. And then there's the all-star game criticism, right? So as we're growing for the women's game and we hear all the criticism that comes along, you know, NFL pro bowl, they say is not as, as exciting as they would like it. NBA all-star is not as exciting as they would like it. Well, WNBA all-star, I'm not going to lie. The games, they get fun. There's a certain level of defenses that's played. That's definitely not our problem in a sense of the actual game. That's one of the main criticisms of the men's game is that it's not competitive. And how can you make it competitive? I saw some suggestions about like, MLB, the winning side gets home court in the finals. Is that true? I'm not sure, but I think I read a, a tweet like that. There's going to be a lot of different suggestions. Like, I would be shocked if something new doesn't come about for NBA All-Star next year. So while all that's going on in WNBA, we don't necessarily have a problem when it comes to, like, the actual game. But I think we should activate more. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of people already activating. So shouts to them, a lot of brands, a lot of companies, Player Society, they out there already know. I just wanted to shout them out because last year at WNBA All-Star, I ran into her and she was like doing her job, shipping out stuff, doing her thug thizzle. And I know that it's hard for small businesses, but shouts to Player Society, they out there. But yeah, let's activate. Like, I love spades. 
I want to do a spades tournament. So I'm just throwing it out there right now. Like, is there a way to do a spades tournament? I don't know, but WNBA all-star, let's start activating more around it. It's popping. We know the audience is there. We see, come on now. We saw NBA all-star and we saw what time peaked. So, you know, I just think that during that Steph and Sabrina shooting competition, there were 5.4 million viewers. That was the peak. That was the highest viewers. And what was it? A competition, Steph and Sabrina. So I just think that there's an audience there. People want to see stuff in, you know, shooting games are the creme de la creme of all-star games. So, yeah, I just think it's time. I'm almost kind of not even mad about all the little fires everywhere on the timeline because it's like, dang, everybody really talk about women's hoops. It's like, I'm almost like just loving that the competition is just straight up women's hoops. A lot of women's hoop stuff. It's like, I ain't touching nothing with a 10 foot pole. I ain't got a dog in the fight except for the Atlanta dream. Y'all know where I stand. I'm 10 toes down. Everything Atlanta dream, everybody Atlanta dream. That's my squad. I'm 10 toes down. It is what it is. And that's where I'm at with it. But I love that everybody's talking about women's sports. And side note, Beyonce, hello. What? I need to get me a little cowgirl hat. Hello. It's a hoe down. <laughs> Act two. We in here. We're going to have some fun. Um, I have an interview coming up right now. I'm not going to call it an interview because he told me to choose my words wisely. So I have a conversation coming up with Ron Fest, the legend. If you don't know, you about to. Let's go. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You know you, but I want to make sure people know you started out battle rapping, have had credits on songs like Jesus Walked, helped co-write Glory with John Legend, Common, written. I mean, I want people to understand the singer, the songwriter and rapper that we have with us right now, Ryan Fest. Welcome to Montgomery & Co. Yo, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you to be here. First of all, you was at NBA All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis recently. You were doing a panel. How was it? And how are we going to fix the NBA All-Star? Oh, snap. <laughs> you know... I didn't know what was wrong with it until I showed up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when you see things on TV, it gives another kind of magic. It, it gives you the um, the curated part. But when you see things in person, you start seeing the spirit that's missing. And so when you talk about how do we fix anything, anything, it starts with the spirit. You know, what we have, what I believe that we have today in everything that we're dealing with is that the machine has been feeding off of spirit and it's been eating negativity and then it got so big that it ate us and we believe that that's who we when we look at things and we look around we believe that that's what it really is because the machine fed it back to us after we fed it our spirit and so we need a replenishing 
of spirit. Okay, so I like that. That's what we got to listen. So that's how you fix All-Star. Simply put, okay, by Rhyme Fest. I love that. But to your point, though, it is different when you go to events live or when you're actually, you know, watching it on TV. But you have a new album coming out. It's titled James and Nikki, A Conversation. It's inspired and built around a conversation between writers, poets, and Black thought leaders, James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. So just take me there. Like, how did you choose those two figures? Like, it's a it's a composition I heard you say before in an interview. Take me through how'd you get here? Yeah, so, you know, when we talk about composition, the reason I call it that instead of an album is because we cheapen our art, we cheapen our gift by just putting raindrops in the ocean. I'm going to drop my new single. Well, why are you going to drop it? Why not release it? The words <laughs> we use have power. The Maya Angelou said, words seep into walls. They get into the floor and upholstery. They get into you. Be careful what you let people say around you, to you. Be careful what you say. Words are living things. And all of the greatest writers believe that. So when we get to James and Nikki, 52 years ago, a gay Black man a bi uh, black woman, a man who lived in Paris that came through the civil rights movement, a woman that was living in the 70s through the black power movement. One was saying nonviolent, the other was saying fight back. They had a conversation together. One, the man, James Baldwin, 52 years old, Nikki Giovanni, 25 years old, intergenerational conversation that has been going through our zeitgeist for 53 years now. And you see clips where Nikki is talking to James and she says, you go to work every day, you lie to him, you smile at him, smile at me, lie to me. I come home, you come home, I get the worst of it. You giving him the best of it. He said, I can't lie to you. She said, you must lie to me because the lies you tell everybody else is the best of yourself. The truth that you give me is the worst. When I heard that on the internet, I was like, yo, this needs to be revised and made accessible for today's uh, uh, young people, for today's relationships. Let's put beats and rhymes to it. Let's have co-authors, other women on these songs that represent the spirit of Nikki. Or if I'm rapping as a, as a, as a guy who raps, you know, women are the hottest thing in hip hop right now. Where's the perspective to see my blind spots? on whatever it is I'm saying in these rhymes. And how can we get that 52-year-old conversation to last for another 100 years? We revise the Bible. That is, man, I felt like you was flowing right now. <laughs> I almost was like, wait a minute, is this a freestyle? I was just like, it's crazy too, because this is your first release project in over a decade. There's been a lot of talk and discussion about how music has changed over time and questions like what is hip hop has came up. And I was recently watching Brown Sugar. I was about to ask you when you fell in love with hip hop, but I'm going to stick on the topic of discussion. What is hip hop then to you? Because you said women are the hottest thing in hip hop and I feel you. Oh, like, so what is hip hop? Hip hop is the fastest language spread throughout the history of mankind. And what I mean by that is, look, Renee, when I go to Dubai, when I go to Qatar, when I, uh, I am in the Middle East, they love poetry. They know 18th century Hafiz or they know Rumi poetry. I don't know none of that. But guess what else they know? They know Ye, they know Jay-Z, they know 50 Cent, they know NBA Youngboy. You know what I'm saying? And we <laughs> when I go to Cartagena, Colombia, and the guys walk up on me with the radio and they freestyling in Spanish. I don't know Spanish, but I know what they're saying. 
I know the spirit of what they're saying. When I go to Brazil and I see the graffiti on the wall that reminds you of the uh, uh, Egyptian, um, um, what do you call it? The Egyptian writing, um, the, the ancient hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. Graffiti is hieroglyphics of the modern day. When you see dance, when you see fashion, this this shirt right here is from the Chicago black museum called the DuSable Museum. But it looks hip hop because they know to have people interested in black history, they got to make it current and present. So when you asking me what is hip hop to me, it is a global language that we speak through the way we dress, through the way we talk, through the way we interact with one another. And no matter what language you speak, hip hop can be a translator. That's what it is to me. It's not just the commercial mechanical entity. Hip hop is a living, breathing, diasporic culture. When you're listening to Afrobeat, you're listening to hip hop. When you're listening to reggaeton, you're listening to hip hop. Hey. You're listening to people trade drums across diasporas. Hip hop is, is the fastest spreading language in the history of mankind. Listen, drop the mic. We can finish there. I'm gonna keep going, but we could have stopped there because you're talking about hip hop and you can see your passion for it. And you chose several women rappers for the project to help bring Nikki's voice to life. And so who did you choose? Why did you choose them then? I don't even just call them rappers. They're co-authors. You okay. know what I'm saying? They co-authored this project. I, we got to use words that hold women into high esteem and hold our gifts into the highest esteem. So these co-authors, the, the way that they were chose was I'm looking for not who's the most popular person that's going to bring me like the clicks, cash and prizes. Like I'm looking for like people who embody the spirit of Nikki Giovanni. They're not even competing with me on the track. Like the first uh, piece that we released called Creator, there's a video out right now. It's about divine forgiveness in a relationship. If there's infidelity, you know, basically my verse is talking about infidelity and things that I've been through with my wife where we've had more great times than bad, but the bad times were heavy. Brittany Carter, who's featured on this uh, creator, she heard it and her first rhyme was, you're talking about trust. How can you say you love me when you're giving in the lust? I said, no, nah, that's not it, sis. She said, what you mean that's not it? Like, I said, we're not going to argue about this. I need you to love me through it. Mm. And she was like, but, but you cheated on me. See, and now we're talking like man and wife, work wife and man. She said, but you cheated on me. And we had a conversation. I said, yes. But do you want to leave me? I'm, I'm, I'm working past my own traumas, you know, and, and being in the industry and what the industry taught me and, and what hip hop taught me, you know, to a certain extent. We talk about women being the hottest rappers uh, today, but women are also making the same mistakes the men made in the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm watching it. I'm watching it happen all over again. And what mistakes are those? Clicks, cash and prizes, anything whoring ourselves. And I'm not even talking about ourselves in the physical sense. I'm talking about our spirits. I'm talking about what we think everybody want to hear. And we just giving everybody what we think they want to hear instead of giving people who we are, instead of telling our authentic stories, instead of like, um, we have the oppressor's mindset. We think like the enemy, you know? And so it's hard to, take that out of ourselves and still see our identity. Oh, that's a rhyme. If you think <laughs> like the enemy, then what's your identity? 
And yeah, James Baldwin said on this project, he said, we begin to do it to ourselves. We are the co-conspirators of our murderers. Dang, yeah, he talking deep. And, you know, it made me think about when you said we're telling people what they want to hear. You talk about how music has changed over time. And there's artists like Jay-Z that said, people want my old music, buy my old album. And then you even had a 3K who came out with a flute album. And he was like, you know, I didn't know what to really say. So I know this is oversimplifying it, but... Why not make music for people your age, like as you age, you know, like, is that oversimplifying it? And why is it such a struggle to make music once you kind of ma get mature, more mature in life? Well, I think when we say that we're 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 also uh, deepening the generational split. There is no music for people your age. There's music. So on this project, you know, like I said, I'm working with Brittany Carter. She's younger than me. James Baldwin 52 years old is having a conversation with Nikki Giovanni, 25 years old. We have to have intergenerational bridges so that we can become one consciousness, so that we can have one message as a community, not of Black people, but a community of value systems, because value systems go deeper than color. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think we keep creating these silos for us to be like, this for them, this for that, but that's how the machine separates us and turns us against one another. So, you know, I, I just look at it like, why don't we just teach healing? Why don't we just teach spirit, authenticity? At that point, we'll become telepathic. Because we're like-minded, so we know what you're thinking. Because we're like-minded. I feel you. You know, I, I've been dealing with young people. I mentor, teach, love young people. And I, I noticed the more I learn from young people and apply, the younger I come across. The more they learn from me and apply, the more experience they come across. And so, like, if we continue doing that, we'll be whole again. I love that. OK, so we have again, this is this is called James and Nikki, a conversation. Golden State. Now, what's the connection yeah. here with Golden State Warriors? Because, you know, I always like to get a little sports in there. What's the connection here with Golden State and how did that happen? When you're looking at a basketball franchise, as you know, you're not just looking at sports, you're looking at an entertainment conglomerate. When Steph Curry can hurl a ball from way across court and they hit a three, that was more than a three, bro. That was a nine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, when you see that, they're in entertainment. When you see Tupac and Poetic Justice with a White Sox hat, now White Sox is selling a billion hats because NWA and Tupac is wearing it. When you see basketball players like Shaq, that could go multi-platinum and still play basketball. <laughs> and, you know, ball players that want to have labels, but rappers that want to be ball players like Master P or, you know, uh, uh, J. Cole playing ball over in Rwanda. You're seeing that coming togetherness. But when you see the franchises get in on it, when you see Golden State saying, uh, we're going to do GSE, Golden State Entertainment, we're going to do documentaries, we're going to push out books, we're going to push out music. Now, as an artist, all I got to worry about is making impact. It's not like, did I get a million clicks? Not the reach, but the impact. Now the art goes deeper. Now I'm freer to do it without having to sell myself. You know what I'm saying? Or Facts. no, no, or sell my gift or pimp my gift. You asked me about female rappers and, and like, what are the mistakes they're making that we made? It's pimping the gift. We got to stop pimping our gifts. And that's basically being so worried about the rollout that we're almost producing the product for the rollout and not necessarily producing the product for what we would just want to say. That's your business. Look at you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm just 
I'm listening to you. We we having a conversation, right? We just hit here having a conversation. I'm listening. You just hit it. We so worried about the rollout, we cheapen the thing. And then now we're giving everybody cheap products. And what does that do to everybody? It makes the whole culture cheap. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the opportunity with GSE is to bring back impact. The opportunity with GSE is that Golden State Entertainment asked me, what's your definition of success for this project? Mm. I've never been asked that. (laughs) And what was it? The first word I came out with was impact. How can we make impact? And and reach is great, but how can we make impact? And they already have a built-in audience. So now you see, I mean, I see it going further. The the Bulls in Chicago uh, hired Don C as a community liaison. Yeah, shouts to Don C. That's my guy. Shouts Come to Don. <laughs> shouts to Don C. And he's he's going around giving out community gardens. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like big lit. Come on. Like, so the more that these franchises get in on community, the, the the deeper the impact in community, the more they become the champions of community, not just in the game that's being played, but in the role that they're playing in, in our community. And I think GSE, Golden State, is doing a wonderful job by saying we don't just want artists that can get clicks. We want artists. That can that can reach people and dig inside and make community impact. That's that's so dope. Listen, we're kind of doing some of that on our end over with the dream. I got to get your information because you got to work with the Atlanta dream. We have a big message and story to tell. I know you already know about our story mm-hmm. and I feel like where your head's at. Incredible story. Your story. <laughs> just let me say something real quick. I get chills. You what you just said about your story. You just kind of glazed over it because it's you. And then because it's you, you may not see you from the in- outside in. You only see what you're doing from the inside out. But let me tell you, Dream, why I'm so proud to be here with you. Because what I'm seeing from the outside in is you're, you're changing. It's alchemy what you did. It's magic. Thank you. You're changing the trajectory of culture, of sports. You're, what, what, you, what you guys have done with the, with the Dream is like what I saw when LeBron and them was like, okay, it's COVID. Y'all not shutting down voting and democracy. We're going to open up voting booths in the stadium. Like, <laughs> and they, they changed like American culture right there. You showed that we have power. So many times as a people, we feel powerless. We, we like to complain about what can't be done or what's being done to us. You gave us agency through your example. Your example is the example of agency. Don't nobody got to be your activist. You your own activist. And you showed us how to be our own activist. Wow, thank You're you so for beautiful. that. Wow, You're so thank beautiful. you for that. Listen, this is the end. That's It's a wrap. This is the end. <laughs> Have your people really send my info because I feel like, you see what I'm saying? We got to talk. Like, I feel like we got to talk and do something with the dream. We have a lot, uh, a lot going on down our way. But man, like, check it out. Listen, it's called James and Nikki. A conversation is already out. Check out my guy, Rhyme Fest. I'm so happy. And I we got a link. All right, let's link. We linking already. And then check out the video creator out right now. Shout out to you, Dream. Shout out to Golden State Entertainment. Thanks for having me.
we go back to the break, we got the crew coming on. A little MoCo Newsroom up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so we got the crew. We're back for season three. We have the usual suspects. Y'all already know the drill. Snook, Cole, Serena, Juju on that beat. And Roy, let's go. Um, So we're going to talk a little all-star. What up, crew, though, by the way? Missed you guys. What's up, everybody? Hey, hey, hey. good to be back. Oh, yeah, and happy birthday to my (laughs) sister, Cole. Today's her birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, everyone. All right, so listen, we're coming off an NBA all-star, and it had, like, it was star-studded. Juju was in there. So, Juju, first of all, how was NBA all-star in person? Like, how was it there? Uh, it was pretty fire, you know what I mean? It was, I'm one of the people who be blessed everywhere. Like I, my first time in Indianapolis, so I was looking at, even it was, it was snowing, it was terrible weather, but I was walking around it like, dang, I'm in Indianapolis. You feel <laughs> I had a good time the whole time. That's what's up. I think it was fantastic. Were you starstruck by anybody? You know what? This is hilarious. I because I seen everybody. You know, I mean, you see everybody at these places. But I'm such a W fan. You dig? I was in a. Um, it was like a little hallway, like a just coming in. It was coming from the snow, cold as hell. Like you know, what I mean, I first walk in, and the first person right here was like, "Oh, I like your shoes." And I looked over, and it was E Weezy herself, Erica Wheeler. And so, me personally, being a W fan at this NBA event, I'm all, I'm like, oh, my shoe, but I gave it up to her. I'm like, sick. I don't know if I'm gonna have a chance to see you again, E Weezy, but bro, you a legend. You did. So, salute to E Weezy, man. I had a great time. I feel that. To that point, though. The W showed up at NBA All-Star. Like, I mean, he talked about Erica Wheeler with shouts to her. She's a former dream player. Ryan Howard was there. Uh, Asia Wilson was sitting there courtside. Kelsey Plum. Uh, there was a 2v2 game with Hennessy where I heard that joint was turned up. It was Tasha Eric. Cloud. I mean, Yes, Natasha Cloud, Enrique Agumba, Wale, Jackie Young. Who was the fourth one? Uh, I'm not sure, but I just, it was just so many W play. Like for a guy like me, it was just so many. I seen Diamond Miller just walking around. I seen like, Bill Lloyd it was, was that fourth one. Yep, thank you, oh, yeah, BP. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. But there was love, W love everywhere. I love it. So I'm gonna just say right now. I love the infusion of meshing the leagues together during All-Stars. Like, WNBA All-Stars coming up this summer. I hope I see some of a lot of our brothers pull up. Like, I hope that they, like I said in the monologue, I hope Hennessy get a little two-versus-two game, have some NBA players playing it during our All-Star. I feel like let's just keep that same energy because it was dope. Like, you could see that the NBA players was vibing, and it was just a whole with the WNBA players and vice versa. Um, So I thought that was lit. But then there was also another side of it that I want to ask y'all, put y'all's, y'all's creative caps on. 
a lot of people are trying to figure out how to make all-star more enjoyable you know because the comp the competition there was 200 points scored this game some people might be like whoa that's a lot of points that's amazing some other people might be like come on man you gotta play a little bit of defense 200 points is too much it had 397 point total shouts to gino thank you for that it was the highest ever the highest ever 211 to 186 and a lot of people thought the west was going to really turn up on the east when you just look at the roster but the West was really like, you know, we I'm here for I'm just here so I don't get fine type energy. So <laughs> the question is, how do we fix all star events? It's not just the NBA problem. People have NFL. They said that the pro ball ain't all that either. How do we fix NBA events? They had saw- the pro bowl this year. <laughs> yes. We're seriously, they did. Nah, I, I understand that. I understand that because see, I love my, my sister. Happy birthday, my sister, first and foremost. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Gigi. See, that was the week, that was the week right after Baltimore had their debacle. So my sister <laughs> wasn't giving a damn about no football. You if know, I, and, if I'm and, and yeah. And yeah. I, to be honest with you, let me tell you something. Vance was so in his feelings. Yeah, we didn't even talk about football for the whole <laughs> week. Because so he that was so understandable disgusted. that she missed it. He's oh, so Gino disgusted. said something. He said there was the flag football game and it was kind of awesome. So to that point now, flag football, shout out to my best friend Lisa Lee. Black football ain't no joke. Like, that's starting to be, like, a real thing thing. Back to the question, how do we fix NBA All-Star? Any suggestions that y'all have in y'all's minds that can make it more enjoyable? Snook, it looked like you was nibbling on something. Well, no, I was just going to comment on the WNBA players being at the game. They needed that spice this year. They really (laughs) (laughs) They needed that. But I think sometimes... We lose sight or the focus of what the event was supposed to be. And it's been so much dibbling and dabbling and changing. And I, I don't know what is an all-star. You you really don't even know what an all-star really is. And- to your point, though, it is almost a community event. When you think about all-star, you ask the players, like, I was an all-star. And so my all-star experience, the first thing that comes to mind is exhausting. Like, that was the very first time because it's like, when from the moment you wake up, to the moment you lay down, you're doing appearances, whether it's for the league or whether it's to get your paper. You're doing meet and greets. You're at community events. You're doing camps. You're doing clinics. You're, oh, and by the way, you're playing in the game. You know, like, because that's the thing, too. It's like you're doing all these things because when you're a brand, especially now, Dame Lillard, let's take him for example. He won the three-point competition and he won MVP, but he also is releasing a song and he also just drops a new merch. He also had all three of his kids and his family there. He also flitted up with Glorilla. Okay, <laughs> Glorilla glow. also shot her shot. Yeah, she she shot her shot. Who man yeah. is this? She, whoever his wife is, she can't beat me up anyway, so I want him. All right, calm down. Glow, don't do that. Don't put him in that spot, Glow. We feel you. That's why. Don't put us in that spot, Glow. That was. That's why I always say I don't. You got to be careful. I I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust nobody. (laughs) She seems so aggressive. What she got serious? That was very aggressive because what if you know what if his girl would have gotten mad at that? But you know it, it was. Playful and stuff, but you know, like yeah. even if it ain't his girl, his ex girl, don't put him in that position where he that got was... <laughs> defend somebody he loved, like or once loved. Like, come on, big glow, just okay. just shoot your shot. You ain't got to involve nobody. This else. really <laughs> happened. So, just in case y'all don't know, the recap is Glorilla must have taken a. She took a photo with Dame. He's holding his trophy MVP. She brings it to social media. She said, "Whose man is this?" 
I want him. This is the actual thing she wrote. And she said, and then she followed up with a tweet on the thread and said, whoever's man it is, I know she can't beat me up anyway. So like that's- <laughs> If I would've seen that, I would've been like, oh, what? Shots fired, shots fired. Try. <laughs> Try. Uh, Damn, can't even like the tweet enough. Oh, what would you do if you saw somebody post your man on the internet like that? Like, and say that you can't beat them up. <laughs> I would like challenge. Let's see it. Challenge. <laughs> it. DM me your location. Pull up. Let's roll. How would you accept the challenge? What you gonna put a sword down? Like, I said the way I roll, you just need to be checking over your shoulder the rest of your life. <laughs> are, you, <laughs> snook, are you accepting the challenge or not? She said, "What them hands like?" You can't threaten folks on air, Snook. Yeah, you gonna be recording this for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to be careful with the older generation like Yo, Snook already bro. told me a long time she don't fight up close she fights long distance and I had to think about what that meant she don't say she going straight Griselda this is what I'm trying to say but real talk he is going through a divorce and side note this is a side oh, side okay. right. that's what I'm saying I know, I know but this is a side note he talked about how hard it is but then there's the other side of going through a divorce where I'm sure that, you know, as soon as people hear that Dame is going through a divorce, they go have Glorilla energy. I mean, this is... <laughs> this definitely don't help my dog, bro. Don't, this don't help my dog at all. I just don't know if she should have done it like that. I think there was another, a more discreet way. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> Call but said look. challenge accepted. Send me your location. <laughs> Drop the Before pen. Before we implicate ourselves. Drop the pen. Personal implicate herself more. Let's get back to it. I <laughs> okay, think we so can fix the NBA game. Okay, so let's get back to the hand. Anybody else got any other suggestions? Juju, how you how would you fix it if you could fix the NBA All-Star game? I think what you said earlier is fine. I don't know if you've given that to Hennessy or not, but I think it could be Renee Montgomery's two-on-two competition hey. where hey. a guy from the NBA, a guy, a woman from the WNBA team up and the best two win the trophy, the inaugural, the Black Mamba, to call it the Mamba Mentality Trophy where Ooh. $50 million, a good amount of money goes to your charity, not this, not the game. Like over the next couple of years, we're going to yeah, do, no, donate dope. $10 million for the next couple of years to your charity. And man, come on, bro. I, I think I, I would love to see KD, Natasha Cloud versus, you know what I mean? Brittany Griner, dare I say. LeBron or somebody like, you never know. Like that's oh, interesting. Yeah, that would be actually You great. know what I mean? And with stuff. money on the line. No, I love Must that because I was, I just think that um like shooting games and competitions are the creme de la creme. Like the three point contest, nothing needs to change about it. It's perfect. Yeah. It's good as right. is. And even they did the one on one with Steph and Sabrina lit. Let's go more into that type of competition style of things. And like I'm only just which saying, is like, the part that people watch the most. Didn't you say that was the peak of the viewership? 5.4 million viewers happened. They catfished us again. They tried the to tell us it was going to start. Boom, Juju. They tried to tell us it was going to start at eight. So everybody started tuning in, thinking they was going to watch Steph and Sabrina. And then we had to watch about 50, 11 events. And then we got to <laughs> right. Steph and Sabrina. But when that Steph and Sabrina shooting competition happened, that was the peak of that day. 5.4 million viewers was tuned in during that 10 to 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time frame 
of when that competition was going on, Snook? Well, I, I think when you talk about changing that all-star game, I think it's been so politicized. It's been made, to, you know, for this person to be challenging that person, for this game to occur here, for this, you know, challenge, you know, for this, you know, matchup or whatever. And I think because it's been so politicized that even the players don't have value when they're selected as an all-star, like they used to admit something. And so now that meaning has kind of been drawn out of it because of all of these little side shows and everything. And so, you so know, you think so it's the side shows that make the players less interested or is it the players just look at it as a break? I mean, I, I think, think about it's fine. I think I it's think about think LeBron. It he had, he's in his 20th all-star game. What well, about I, LeBron? Know, I like the all-star game. It's just that they've, they've done so much to it. You know, like what about looking at the best players, you know, like they used to do. Sometimes the best players don't even get to go to all-star because it's, I'm just saying. Yes, no, we uh, on your side. We on your uh, side. It, yes. it's, it's so arranged anymore. It's Still not I don't like, hear your suggestion to make it better. So what is the actual, what's your suggestion to fix all-star? She's. I guess she was saying that they need to bring back some of the players that are the top players instead of having they players who in, they are you want to in just the, show oh, up. Wait, I, mean, I realize you're saying in stuff. the competitions, bring the players back in the competitions because they declined those. Well, I think something needs to be done about that because that's taking okay, a lot. Of I see what you're away. saying. You mean it's taking contest. the juice away from the game, kind of. You know, and that's so why you're I make saying don't play defense or whatever because there's not a value anymore into really. You know, being an all-star like it used to be, you know, my game was so good this season. I was selected, you know, as an all-star, you know, and, and so now your game could be good. It just, and, you know, the the fans, are they still voting? I'm sure they are. It's, it's several different, different arenas that your votes come from. It's got to be where it can be manipulated and, it can, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, Roy, did you have anything? Yeah, uh, I read online that uh, somebody gave uh, the idea of having the, whoever wins the All-Star game, whatever conference that is, whoever wins the conference championship has home court advantage, which is stupid uh, because <laughs> Major League Baseball that. Major League Baseball did the same thing. And it was a terrible idea, so they reverted <laughs> back to that. But my suggestion is you pay the players. Not, not, uh, not the charity, but you actually pay a the players out of a purse, however much money is going to end up being, what, $20 yeah. million? And do you exactly. think that'll matter? Because I did see that, um, I think Jamel Hill had said that she didn't think that paying the players would matter. It matters in the in-tournament season game because it benefits the last player on the bench who might actually, $500,000 might actually change their something for them. But the usually the people in All-Star, they said are averaging like $20 million contracts per year. I mean, tell them if they're going to do it. It's, that could be their spending money while they're on a trip. Because, I mean, who... <laughs> Who wouldn't like if you were in Vegas, who wouldn't like to get a kitty full of money just to go and put on the tables? It ain't yours. So yeah. it's nice spending, you know, or, you know, I don't know. They pay for their own hotels. Or I don't know how that all works, but give them like a, not so much a big incentive, but I mean, everybody likes spending money. It don't even have to, you know, it, that's the point is that they were in Vegas. I'm sure if all the all-star players had walked through the door, checked into the hotel and had their money say cha-ching, they'd be like, oh, I got spending money. Do y'all think that money would change how they played? Or do it you think that during the season the whole for all-star, what do y'all think? Do y'all think adding a money incentive would change the all-star game and help fix it? 
Money makes the world go round. I think that's the whole problem. I think that's the whole, that's everybody's point in one right there. Because I feel like the, what, what Snook is trying to touch on is the players don't, they're not enthused as they used to be because they're making so much money now per year that that it just doesn't mean the same thing to certain folks. Some people, and, and dare I say, a lot of people in the league these days more concerned with fashion more concerned with they yeah. side hustles and stuff like that than actual being because like hoopers like i remember the days where dog bro you cared about because you was the best point guard in the league for real for real so let me show you i'm gonna dribble i'm gonna do all the things and they're making so much money now that that, that sense of entitlement just come along with it so if you want them to actually move, you're going to have to put big money into the All-Star game. You're going to have to say, hey, whoever the win, get this big pot. Like, you get a and piece of this big yeah, pot, yeah, right, for like real, that. for real. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. something. Because if not, or, you know what I mean, it's going to be yeah. more the same. They're making so much money. Who gives a damn? I mean, to your point, that's though, I, I, I yeah. think that that is a point because it's almost like the Olympics. You know, like there, there was something about the Olympics where there was the honor to it. But now when player contracts are so big, it's almost to them, the risk reward is almost not worth it sometimes. Like a lot of players, as you guys know, people might not know, a lot of men on the NBA side opt out of the Olympics. They don't even try out. They don't want to be on the Olympic team. There's not really an incentive for there to be there because for us or some people on the women's side, you like I tried every year to be on the Olympic team, you know, like I was like I was one in the process the whole time trying to make the Olympic team. I went to the Olympic camps. I was trying to be on that 12 roster Olympic team. But in the WNBA, just like in the WNBA, it's the hardest roster to make because the best of our best players try out for our Olympics. And on the NBA side, though, you got coaches trying to recruit NBA players and you got Grant Hill and all of them, you know, trying to wrangle them in. So it to that point, politicized. let's just say that process as well. I have to say it. I've watched it a number of years, even prior to you being there, Renee. It was, it's still politicized. Oh, so, <laughs> listen, so what I say is if that's the case, if that's the case, if they're having a hard time with NBA, I say, let these people at NBA fight for their jobs. Let's get some kids from the G League. Get some kids from high school. Take them over there. Let them beat up on these other countries. And that's and what happened. Then, no, but it doesn't. We are going to lose. That's the point. Like, that's we're not. There's no step. There's not that separation anymore. The top players in the NBA are foreign players. Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, the Joker. The top players in the NBA that win MVPs these past couple years are foreign players. We don't have the luxury of just sending our C team. We used to do that in the NBA, and then we had to do the redeem team whenever we were thinking that we could just send our C team. Snook, do you feel like like do you feel like you have anything else you want to add? What I was just trying to get a point across is that a lot of times the pure thing that we're trying to do, we have all these little side shows these little side things that come in that actually change what your what the purity of, of the choice of the All-Star game has been so twisted and turned and added and because of this reason and that reason that it's not even really, really it's not an All-Star game anymore. Yeah, the creme de la creme is the other things and the All-Star game has now become almost a back burner. Honestly, this is, this is a point to where like the all-star game being on Sunday at 8 p.m. Well, it was even supposed to start at 8 p.m., but started at 8.42. Yeah, you could almost tell time. that it's the afterthought. You know what I mean? Like, because if you was really doing a Sunday event or you really wanted it to be the creme to the creme, wouldn't you put it earlier in the day and make that the main game? Like this, like that's usually on Sundays on weekends. Games usually start earlier. 
that's the day that but you could tell that the reason that it's eight o'clock was probably because they had so many events like they wanted to be able to get in and i'm talking nba this is not just for the players this is a very big event for the nba they released their new ai tech they released a lot of new things at all-star and so to that point i think snook's saying we need to get back to focusing on the actual all-stars and the all-star game but we're gonna wrap real quick we're gonna be right back because we're gonna play a little game y'all it's gonna be who said it who said it y'all are gonna have to guess who said it we'll be right back Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. who said it and that just means that there was a lot of people that said a lot of different things and I wanted I want you guys to guess which NBA all-star or person involved or actually just who said it I'm going to give you four options of each one I'm going to give you a quote and you guys got to guess who said it okay okay you're not I mean and listen you might not have a guess but somebody (laughs) might because I knew I'm going to read these but I knew most of them when I saw them because I saw the people say them the question is, who said it? NBA All-Star Edition. All right. So the quote is, for me, it's an all-star game. So I don't think I will ever look at it as being super competitive. It's always fun. I don't know what they can do to make it more competitive. It's a break. I don't think nobody wants to come here and compete. Who said it? LeBron James, Anthony Edwards, or Jalen Brown? LeBron James. I'll, I'll say LeBron too. I'm going to stick with that too. LeBron, go ahead. <laughs> this is why you don't need to be a follower. A, the answer is Anthony Edwards. Oh, man, come on. First well, we the same team. Same team. First of all, how can you be a first year All Star and then say it like you've been here for years? I thought it was LeBron because I felt like he had been there for years and it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, we've been doing this every year. It's not. How can it be a break if it's your first one? Oh my gosh, hilarious. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking. That's why I didn't get it. Listen, because he's probably like, you know, like you're not going to get, he could be speaking for his teammates. You're not going to get the 20 year vet to play hard. We know that. That's true. So, That's true. That's I mean, true. I don't know. But next one, who said it? NBA All Star Weekend Edition. The shot making from the East was incredible. It's hard to play defense when somebody is shooting 30 to 40 footers over you. Who said it? Kevin Durant. LeBron James or Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Kevin Durant. Uh, it has to be a Western Conference player, right? So I'm going with <laughs> I'm going with LeBron in this situation. LeBron oh. James. Okay, so we're around the horn, and the answer is Kevin Durant. Uh, I didn't see anybody shooting over Durant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I went with LeBron. <laughs> Listen, it was Damian Lillard that was shooting the 40-footers. He was pulling up from half court. Hence oh, why he, he did. Yeah, he did. MVP. Next question, who said it? NBA All-Star Weekend Edition. You're going to see a sway toward higher scoring, but I think the cycle of the league, it will reset itself at this 
point. I don't know how quickly that will happen or what rules will change this summer and the following summer, but I personally like the brand of basketball that's being played because it's highlights. It highlights the amount of talent that we have around the league. Who said that about the NBA All-Star? Paul George, Trey Young, or Steph Curry? He thinks it's a good thing. It highlights the amount of talent that they have around the league. George. I was about to say Paul George, too. Mm-hmm. I will say Steph Curry. I'm not going to say Steph Curry. He's the one over here making these shots, so I'm going to go with Paul George. And the answer is brrr, Steph Curry said he likes it, baby. If it don't apply, <laughs> let it fly, honey. Yeah, oh, my goodness. That's biased. That's Killing us. <laughs> Steph Curry said, everybody relax. It just seems like something nice. Like, and Steph Curry's a nice guy. <laughs> it seems like something nice to say. Last one. Who said it? NBA All-Star Weekend Edition. This person said, there's so many people that came at me before this. Like, oh man, you should be mad. You want to be in the NBA? You deserve to be in the NBA. And I do believe I do. But I also think this is my human experience. Who said it? Imani Bates, Ron Holland, or Mac McClung? <laughs> Mac McClung. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ron. Oh, my God. I feel so bad because I don't know any of these players. But- <laughs> Mac won the slam dunk contest. The first one, Imani. It was Mac McClung. It was 100% Mac McClung oh, because everybody... There's, it was going around that Mac McClung, he's the two-time dunk champion now, two years in a row, back-to-back, creativity off the charts, and everybody's talking about the fact that, of course, he wants to be in the NBA. He's in the G League right now for the Orlando Magic's G League team. Osceola Magic. There you are, just that team. And so, you know, a lot of people were pretty much almost saying, like, man, aren't you mad that you're doing all this and you're not in the NBA? And he's like, bruh, listen. I, this is my human experience. I'm living my best life. I'm winning the dunk contest. And honestly, I would love to be in the NBA. But right now, I'll take the G League as I'm trying to grow. That was Mac McClung. I like that attitude. Yeah. As, as you can see, though, the NBA players have a very different view of the All-Star weekend, All-Star game it's than fun. we the fans do. They don't see mm-hmm. no problem with it. They said they They're come just having there. fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They said, I'm yeah. here for a good time, not a long time. So... You know what I mean? It's it's going to be it's going to be something change because the NBA definitely pays attention to their audience. So whether they add another fun game the same way they added picking the players freestyle, you know, like at the playground pickup style, they added that in there to add a little bit of a lore. There's going to be something that's added. And Snook's point is maybe y'all might need to get a little bit back to the basics. There's a lot that's been added on top of things, on top of things. Maybe get back to how to make the game more interesting. You know, some people like the style of going to a certain score and whoever gets to that score first wins. It's kind of like how the big three does where they play to a certain amount. And when you hit that amount, you win and it makes it a little bit more competition within the competition. But I can't call it, you know, like it's a big money maker. It's an event. It's a convention at this point. There's a lot that happens. And I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon in the sense of the general sense of the thing. But I'll probably be at the next one. I ain't going to lie. And I'll probably go watch the next one. I ain't going to lie. So I'll see y'all next year at the NBA All-Star Weekend. Continuing who said it. Oh, there's a tornado in my city oh listen beyonce y'all know i'm from west virginia 304 to 404 and beyonce is coming out with a country album i feel like that's my intersection i already have a country playlist it's called country bumpkin okay i already i'm ready for you beyonce this has nothing to do with nothing but i just felt like i wanted to say that 
because I see the line dances going all across my timeline. You know what I'm saying? It's diverse line dances. It's got a little flavor in these line dances. This is my intersection. I'm ready for act two. I was a part of Club Renaissance and I'm gonna be a part of Club Renaissance act two, two, okay? And come back next week. We have MoCo. It's a generational thing, baby. Let's go. <laughs>